podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Brutal Nation, a podcast series dedicated to little known, lesser known serial killers and true crime. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me, from me is Tammy Underwood. Say hi, Tam. Hi, everybody. All right, so today is my turn. Ta-da. It is. It's about time you take a turn. And jazz hands. I'm tired of doing all the work around here. Well, you know, I'm busy watching uh, granny porn all the time, so. People do not need to know this. <laughs> I don't want to lose listenership. <clears throat> so, I chose Carol Cole for mine. I'm waiting. You look like you're waiting. <laughs> I am. I know a little bit, only because I just know where he's from originally. Yeah, I want to so. make it clear: Carol Cole's not a not a chick. It's a dude. Yeah, it's C A R R O L L, like Carol O'Connor. Oh yeah, I forgot about Carol O'Connor, who was also a dude. How could you forget about him, dude? I don't know. Brain damage. So I have an opening thought. Not to, I'm going to be honest. I don't know why the fuck I wrote it. But it's got to feed in here somehow, so there we go. Okay, let's hope so. Help me, please! I'm begging, pleading for my own life. I don't know why. My own mind. Perhaps even my own soul. As much as I beg, no one would lend a hand. I know exactly why you said that. Why? Did I tell you? No. Go on. I'm pretty sure you have it in your notes because it's very predominant in his whole cycle. Okay, oh, cool. Because I, no, I, it's the one thing I actually did read that like totally amazed. Because when me. I read this, when I read it, and I, after I just uh, now opened it up, I how did I write that for? Well, you got to remember that you wrote this a while ago. We just didn't get to it. Oh, that could be it. I can't remember what I did yesterday. Yeah. Okay. So Cole was born in Sioux City, Iowa, your home state, and, and ni- that's actually the town my aunt currently lives in. Oh yeah, it's something like Fall River or some shit. No Morningside. Oh, Morningside. That's Fall right. Fall River is in Massachusetts, dude. Oh, eh, whatever. Sioux City, Iowa. You know what? It's all it's all Iowa to me. So fuck it. Massachusetts is in Iowa, but okay. <laughs> so anyway, he was born in 1938 to Laverne and Vesta Soon after, his sister was born in 1939, and the Cole family headed west to California, uh, where his father Laverne found work uh, in the shipyards. Okay. Yeah, pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. And they actually make a hell of a lot of money these days. Even back then, they kind of did. Oh they? hell yeah! Yeah, it was a very yeah longshoremen job. Yeah, or welders, or boilermakers, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, one of my really good friends, his dad was a longshoreman here in Portland. Well, soon after that, unfortunately, Laverne went off to fight in World War II, Ooh. and that's where our story really begins. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. So, Carol's mom, Versa. Uh, Versta? Vesta? Vesta? I put Versta, but I don't know I why. know you did. I saw that typo, and I fixed it in my notes. No, I didn't fix it in my... Anyway, she had several affairs while uh, his dad was away fighting. Oh, wow. And she'd often take uh, Carol with her and threaten to beat him and told if, if he had told anybody. And actually was physically abusive to him. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. He, she would smack him and grab him by the arms and just threaten the oh, shit wow. out of him. Like, you make sure you don't tell anybody. And I didn't put that in my notes, but that's what I had read. Right. No, I, I mean, I, I can see that happening because, I mean, as little as it's pointed out, sometimes there's some mothers who can be very abusive. Oh, totally. Totally, totally. Um, Vesta, and I spelt it right on this one here, haha, <laughs> uh, 
uh, would also dress him as a girl. Ooh. Yeah. And was emotionally abusive, uh, abusive to him as well. His classmates would pick on him because he had a girl's name. Well, yeah. So, Carol's not starting off very good in life right now. No, and did it say that she dressed him as a girl just because? Or did she dress him as a girl to humiliate him? Because I could see it both ways. I have no idea, but I've got notes. So, I'm going to read that. Okay. Because I fucking have no idea what I wrote. The first thing that really caught my eye is Carol couldn't have been more than, what, like maybe five years old? Maybe six tops? Yeah. Given the time that he was born, World War II ended in 1942. Right. Okay, so think about it this way. Um, Is it a time to to stay at home with moms? Uh, Oh, it's a time... It's a time of stay-at-home moms. Reading's hard. Higher morals and such. That's the time right. frame. Because think about it, man. You, you, know, you, you always see that and read things about it. And my husband was off the war. And I was just waiting for him to come back. Right. And stuff they like either that. were stay-at-home moms that took care of the family while the husband was away to make sure everything was still in place. Or they actually stepped up and helped out in the industry fields. Yeah, like wax. Yeah, or, yeah well, that the and the Rosie the Riveter. Yeah, that's was from back wax. then. So... Yeah, you know, so you're hanging with your friends, right? Your friends don't seem to have moms that are going off to screw every other guy while dragging you along with them. Yeah, no crap. So that's got to play pretty well into your psyche right there. Yeah. I can see where this would be the the start of what's to come. Right. And to top it off, being dressed like a girl by your mom, God, and being made fun of in school. Yeah, that's for your name. Yeah. It sounds to me like he really didn't get a reprieve from emotional abuse from his mom or at school. Yeah. So he's just surrounded with all this bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and even at a young age, you know that what she's doing isn't right. Especially if she's threatening you not to tell. Right. And plus, being, like I said, being dressed like a girl, you're talking to oh, your yeah, friends. And I'm pretty is. sure your friends aren't being dressed up like a girl. Yeah. And their mom's not out being a whore. This is true. You know, not not that. Okay, let me clarify that for today's thing. Uh, if a chick sleeps with a lot of guys, that's just your thing. I fucking care less. That doesn't make you. Yeah, no, I a, understand what you're saying. But at the time, sexuality was a little bit different. Right. It was not looked upon favorably for a woman to have multiple partners. Right. Even to have an affair. You right. know, or a guy to have an affair. Right. You know, higher moral standards as right. opposed to today. Oh, definitely so. Everybody. You know, and that's that's comparative, though, you know, because mor- I think morality is... Subjective. Very subjective. Right. Because what's morally correct for me isn't necessarily what's morally correct for other people. And vice versa. This is true. At eight years old, he had an altercation with a classmate, classmate by the name of Dwayne. And Dwayne was the same age as Carol. And uh, Carol retaliated against Dwayne by drowning him in a lake. Holy shit in Shinola. Yeah, that's at eight years old. I love dropping bombs like that. Holy fuck yeah. The police ruled it as an accident until Cole confessed in it to it in his autobiography that he wrote while in prison as an adult. Oh wow. So nobody really knew what really happened until he was older. Uh-huh. I gotta get wow. a little drinky poo here. Wow. That's just Tonight's drink, by the way, is just Diet Pepsi. I'm you not know, getting it. Almost pampered. reminds me of and I know we keep referring to him, but Carl Panstrom, we didn't know a lot of shit he did until he wrote his manuscript. Right, right, right. And it sounds, in a way, like Cole is kind of going through, not as bad as Pensram, but 
I would say definitely emotionally. Well, it was it's that, fucked kind of the up. Same era. I mean, a little bit later because Panzerum died in thirty six, but still that same. You that know, same stretch yeah, type of a thing. Post depression, early <clears throat> industrialism. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Where the hell was I? Okay. <laughs> During a press interview, Cole sa- uh, said of this event, "Quote: I was primed." I had I had made my mental commitment and I was going to get even with my mother, and the things just built up and built up and became an obsession. This is in re- reference to his murdering. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about in reference to the eight year old thing. And yeah, I was no, like, I just, that made no sense. Apparently, put it in the wrong fucking place. Okay. Jesus Christ, what the hell am I doing? So during his te- teenage years, Cole was a troublemaker. He had been arrested a few times, mostly for being drunk and petty theft. And after high school, like everybody else, he joined the army, but was given a discharge for bad conduct for stealing pistols. For stealing what? Pistols. Oh, okay. You know, pew, pew. Yeah, Somebody I know what shit going on. Are. Um, I think that he was trying to, to, to change himself by joining the army. Yeah. What a better place to get structure. With that said, uh, he, could, he still couldn't really control himself. Right, which, without the, like, influence on that area you don't know how yeah you know I, with all intent i mean good intention road to hell is paid with good intentions right and that's after reading this whole thing and that's what i think i think that he said hey the army's gonna give me structure i can try to change right i can get rid of all you know all this and yada yada and he still he still couldn't control himself right so pretty messed up an even darker path would follow uh his bad behavior and petty crimes however okay in 1960, he attacked a couple in their car on Lover's Lane. Soon after, he called the police and told them that he was plagued by fantasies of strangling women. This was while he was living in Richmond, California, by the way. Okay. I think that this is another example of him reaching out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. What year was this? This was in uh, 1960. Uh, okay, so right before the whole Zodiac thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to picture... Clarifying my head what time frame. Right, right. Uh, I also think that he was wanting to change, but he didn't know where or how to get any help. Right. Keep in mind, it is the 60s, like we just now said. And there wasn't a lot of resources for mental health available at the time, except no. for being locked up in the, in the nut hut, in yeah. the hospital. That's pretty much all they did. Yeah. You know, and if you're really lucky, they just doped you up with Thorazine and called it good. Yeah, and if you were not very lucky, they hooked you up to electrodes and shot yeah, the shit out of you. Yeah, which we were talking about that in a in, in a another, previous yeah. another episode. And I'll bring it up in another one soon. At, so. at just how not just barbaric yeah. mental health was at the time, but how freaking inefficient. Well, and not just that is, I mean, and I'll get into it further in one of the ones I'm going to be doing is they knew that it was not a cure; they were just hoping that it would curb the behavior. Right. Well, and actually, at first, they did think it was a cure. They thought that they could shock the brain because it works on an electric pulse back into normality. What they didn't know was that it's not just electric impulses in your brain that cause the synapses. There's there's chemicals involved. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of fucking chemicals that go and react. Very much so. That goes on in the brain. Yeah. You know, not just to name a few, but you have, you know, you have dopamine and you have serotonin and... Jesus Christ. Those are the two main ones. The yeah, two main ones. Like yeah. when you take antidepressants, they're a uh, serotonin booster. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and for those of you that don't know the reason why people become addicted to 
three specific things, chocolate, alcohol, and cocaine, cocaine being my addiction, uh, before I got clean, is because those all specifically raise You're dopamine. Saying, yeah. They raise dopamine levels. It's your feel good. Oh, yeah. So it's it makes you feel good. It's dopamine, man. Totally. So Cole spent a lot of time in a few mental hospitals, the last one being the Stockholm State Hospital. That's where Dr. Weiss wrote the following, quote, he seems to be afraid of the female figure, and I cannot and, and cannot have intercourse with her, but must kill her before he can. Before he can do it. Said that to him. Said that even before he started his murdering. Yeah. Okay, so you know. They already know, but it's the sixties. Yeah, but and you're gonna touch, and I'm pretty sure you're gonna touch on something else here pretty soon too that shocked me. Right, and I, I, now I know why I wrote that first okay, paragraph. That you. first thing. It, uh, as I'm reading this, it's all making sense I didn't want to be a now. spoiler alert for you, because I want it to be new to you, too. My, my <laughs> brain is so messed up. It is. That's You've been so busy lately that... I have. I'm like, surprised you even know what weighs up. Seven days a week of working. That's why tomorrow I want off. If at all possible, for fuck's sakes. Nope. Anyway. The same doctor signed a release for Cole in 1963, even though the hospital staff had diagnosed him with antisocial personality disorder. Um, if only they knew, if only they knew then that what we know now, right? Oh yeah. Um, but I'm a bit confused at doctor that at what Doctor Weiss wrote about Cole, not not being able to have sex with women unless Cole kills her first. If you know that about a person. Wouldn't it be prudent not to release them? Yeah. They are a danger to themselves and society. And society. Which is one of the de- determining factors now on whether they hold somebody over I was ex- going to say that exactly. Yeah. That Before is the- anybody gets released now. Mm-hmm. And it's been this way since, the, I believe, the late 70s, early 80s. One of the criteria is, is your patient a danger to himself or, or others. Or others. Yes. And if you check yes, that is a disqualifier. Because mm-hmm. you have qualifiers and you have disqualifiers for, for the release of a right. patient. And that's why people who know how to play the system now know how to play it well enough that they can say no at the right times. And therefore, you know, like. Oh, my God. Don't get me started. 24 hour Fucking homolka. Oh, I, well, that too. But Fucking you know what, what I mean? Uh-huh. But even if they're on a 24 hour hold. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. So when Cole got out, he moved to Dallas, Texas, where his brother Richard lived. Okay. You know, I didn't God know he bless had Texas. Um, that's where he met and married a stripper by the name of Billy Whitworth. Wow. I like that look on your face because I said stripper. Yeah, because I'm shocked considering how low regard he had for his mother and her actions that he would go for somebody who was considered on that almost on that same le- like prostitution level. It makes perfect sense, actually. Okay. Well, because he had think a hatred fami- for his mother. I know, but think of familiarity. Oh, that's true. Okay? That's true. So you're familiar with your mom. We, we've touched on this before. Behavioral conditioning. Right. And knowing what's right, but knowing what feels right. Are two different things. Right? Yeah, and they're two totally different things. Like, right. for example, um, you know, people who have been abused, mm-hmm. you know, you know that it's wrong to abuse others. However, when you do it, right. it feels right because it feels it fills a void. Right. And that's why a lot of women get involved with abusive men after they leave an abusive father. Right. Yeah. And it's not that even the abu- you know, even for the abusers that the cycle cannot be broken. Right. 
But there's two requirements for that. Number one, you got to be dedicated to, to yeah, change. Yeah, you got to want it. And two, you need a lot of therapy and a very good program. Yes, that works for you. Right, because I own my shit that I've done. Oh, yeah. And I was a very uh, abusive person. Mm-hmm. Not physically. I'm not beating the shit out of women or nothing like that, but very verbally abusive. And while I knew that was wrong, it felt so good and so right, right. to do it. You just torment me, torment me on different levels now. Oh, 100%. But it, it, it did. It, t- it took me right, a no. lot of therapy. I found a great program, and I really dedicated my life, right. even to this day, because I've been out of therapy for, for years and years. Right. And I still work the program, and I dedicated my life to change me, not for any other reason, but to be a better person. Right. It's my only reason. Right. So, but yeah, look at this. Look at this way. It's the 60s, though. This is true. I'm pretty sure they don't have anger management Oh, I'm sure they don't. And shit like that. I'm sure they don't. And not to mention, they did not have the medications we have today. No. No, no, they didn't. Not even close. They didn't even have Prozac. And Prozac's one of the Um, oldest. Oldest. Fucking antidepressants. If if prostitution is the oldest profession, Prozac is the oldest (laughs) psych med. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he meets the stripper Billy, right? Marries her. Porn star dancing. That's not in my notes. I just decided to do that. <laughs> but this didn't change his perspective on women at all. The marriage ended two years later when Cole burned down a motel where he'd been convinced that Billy was having sex with men in there. Oh. He was arrested and sent to prison for arson. Go figure. <laughs> really? Yeah, you burned I, down I, a motel. I, That's I called arson. <laughs> when he got out, he tried to strangle an 11-year-old girl wow. and was given five more years in prison in my notes. Did they say where this happened? What, what in area? Texas. Oh, okay, Texas. It's still in, in the okay. Dallas area. Um, although it was the 1960s, you would think that someone would have deemed Cole mentally unstable, at least or even better, a danger to society. No one did that, however, and he was once again set free. Right. Now, and I said that for this reason right here. Now, granted, there wasn't computers, and we're not, you know, we weren't. It's a, don't give me that look. It's the 60s. No, no, I'm thinking about something else. Sorry. Um, so they're not sharing files back and forth, Yeah, but you would think that they would question their patients or their, their inmates. And they would see the behavior they're displaying because it doesn't seem like he was changing. And at least ask, you know, say, Hey, have you ever been in a mental hospital? Have you ever been evaluated? And if he says yes, by who? By Dr. Weiss. Great. You call him, you send smoke signals, you do something. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. And yo. then, you know, just something prudent like Pony that. Pony Express. Damn yeah. It. And Dr. White can tell you, no, he's a fucking nut job. Yeah. You know, he's crazy. He's a, he's a danger. He tried right. to strangle an 11-year-old girl for fuck's sakes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and that's what they're finding out right now. But he still gets set free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After he got out, he went to Nevada. And that's where he tried to strangle two more women and then checked himself into a mental hospital once again. So now he's back in the nut hut. Right. By his own And volition. I think this is the part I was thinking about. So They didn't detain Cole, however. Even though the doctors noted his murderous fantasies, instead, they gave him a ticket to San Diego, California, and sent him on his way. Here, once again, here we see once again that Cole's trying to get help, yet there's nobody available to help him. Instead of helping him, what do they do? You know what? Here's a bus ticket. 
Take your fucking ass out of here. Yeah. Go to San Diego. We don't want to deal with you here, so let them deal with you there. Now, my question is, is did he end up in another mental institution after this? That might be further in. I can't okay. remember. Okay, go I ahead. I couldn't even remember why I wrote the opening quote. I can't even remember. Yeah, you probably don't even remember why you're featuring him, but go ahead. <laughs> I have no idea. I have it for Fetish Friday, but I don't I know you did, but then we changed it. Because I'm not, I mean, even when I was kind of reading a little bit on his story, I didn't see really a whole lot of fetish in there, except for, you know, the sex worker part of it, so. And strippers. Yes. I like the strippers. Well, back then, they were considered sex workers, too, so. <laughs> they still are. You'd be surprised what you can get for 20 bucks and some blow. Okay, we're done. <laughs> Sorry. So his first, his, his first victim was Essie Buck. That's B as in Buck, not F as in fuck. Yes, I kind of got that. I say that a little bit of a laugh, laugh thing. My dad was dating a chick after he divorced my mom. Her name was Lynn Buck, and she would introduce herself like that. My name is Lynn Buck. That's B as in Buck, not F as in Buck. <laughs> she, wow. she was a sleazy cunt. Man. I was going to say, was she like one of those brazen, brazen women? Yeah, my dad made some. Well, like father, like son. I, was say, like, I made the same bet. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he he met Essie Buck um, at a bar in San Diego. Okay. Uh, and that was on May seventh of nineteen seventy one, two years before I was born. He strangled her in in his car, then drove around for a while with her body before deciding to dump it. Wow, that's a different level. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, he killed an unidentified woman and buried her in a wooded area. And this is all what he's confessed to. Oh, yeah. He would later say that they had shown that they were unfaithful to their husbands and had reminded him of his adulterous mother. Do you see a pattern here? Unfaithful uh, married women, bars. His mother. Yeah, it makes you wonder if that was a perceived. Thing of his, or if it was in actuality, they were saying that they were married, and you know, could be. His mother wasn't faithful to his father, and if you remember earlier, we mentioned that she would take it, take Carol, oh, yeah. whether and uh, when she was meeting other men. Also, there are a lot of threats in beating him if he told and dressing him up like a girl, which I feel emasculated him. Oh, very much so. It would emasculate me, and I'm a pretty masculine dude. Yeah. It would emasculate me if somebody forced me to do that to this day. And I'm not I even I still want to get you in a cross-dressing outfit for Halloween. The fuck is wrong with you? Dude, everything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, in 1973, Cole married a barmaid. Oh, okay. Back at the bar. That's a little bit, you know. Her name was Diane Faye Younglove. And to me, that sounds like a poor name. No, Hi. was she Native American? I fucking don't know. Oh. Oh. Young Love Pashal? P-A-S-H-A-L? Okay. Okay, whatever. She must have been Native American. She was an alcoholic. <laughs> it's fucked up. I'm sorry, Native Americans. That's just fucked I up. I don't think that's what you meant, but that's how it came out. Yeah, that's the way it came out. That's why I'm apologizing. It's that way there. The Indians don't, or the Native Americans don't sue me. No. <clears throat> they fought all the time. Okay, and Cole would often take take off for days on end. Cole would commit his murders while he was away, including one woman that he had claimed to have cannibalized. Takes eating pussy to a whole new level. 
Dude, that takes everything to a whole new level. Yeah, because now he's not just murdering him. He, yeah. He's killing him. He's in some way wanting to consume them, keep them with him. Could be, but I think that was a one-time dealio, even oh, okay. though he did get a moniker of, like, something cannibal or something like that. Hey, really? Yeah. Uh, wow. Alcoholic cannibal or some shit like that. Wow. But that could have just come out of the air from <laughs> some idiot. Yeah, it could have been an idiot like me. I don't know. Could have been. Probably just now. So you want to take a guess at what happened in 1979? That's right. Cole killed his wife by strangling her. Snapdragon, no. Yep. A neighbor noticed that she hadn't uh, seen her in about eight days, so she calls the cops. Okay. And the police found her body wrapped up in a blanket in the closet. Once again, Cole was released after he was questioned. Her cause of death was deemed due to her heavy drinking. Now She was strangled. Tell me, I was just going to say, and this isn't even in my notes. How freaking stupid is that? You found her wrapped up in a blanket. If she's been strangled, there's got to be ligature marks or at least the uh, hiatal hiatal bone's going to be broken. But these are, and plus there's a thing called ocular petechia. Exactly. When you lose, for those of you that don't know what ocular petechia is. It's broken blood vessels. Yeah, in your your eyes, Mm -hmm. because when you get choked... You're cutting off from air. Well, something happens in your eyes, right. which is that without that oxygen, without that pressure from your, from the oxygen uh, in your bloodstream, mm-hmm. it causes the blood vessels to break. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I get to the point sometimes when I dry heave so bad because I don't have the stomach that everybody else has that I will. I have literally had petechial hemorrhaging that looks like I have two black eyes. Oh, my God, like a raccoon. Yeah, it's horrible. Horrible. Damn. So check this out. In that same year, Cole met a woman named Marie Cushman in, guess where? You want to take a guess? Another bar. In a bar in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, well, Vegas on the strip. Viva Las Vegas. Okay, you're not Elvis. I feel very Elvis silly, baby. (laughs) Scotty has left a building. Stop it. (laughs) After talking for a bit, though, they went back to his motel room and they're banging, right? They're having sex. Then he strangled her to death. So basically what this doctor says is, is coming correct. true, that he cannot perform if he's not killing her in the process. Right. It's coming to fruition. Now, I don't know if Dr. Weiss meant that killing her in his own mind, because I'll admit, I've killed people in my own mind. Oh, me too. Many times. Bajillions of times. <laughs> me too. I'm not carrying that out to me neither. kill anybody. No, me neither. So before you start thinking that the Tammy's going to be featuring me on this show, uh, no, I'm not out. No, anybody. I'm just not that dude. Not yet. So after that, Cole was on the move again. And this time he went back to Dallas, Texas. In 1980 in Dallas, Texas, he killed three more women. Now Cole wow. was suspected in the second murder and, and was on the scene at the third. So he's a, suspect, he's a suspect on the second, but he was there when they came to investigate the third. So, the police arrest him, take him into custody, un- custody until dun, 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 they determined that the woman had died of natural causes. At this point, I can only imagine that Cole is think- thinking, for fuck's sakes, what will it take? I've yeah. given you all the evidence and proof that you need. I didn't write this last part in there. No, but that's but what I was thinking while I read this. He wrapped his wife up in a blanket and shoved her ass in the closet, and that was natural. <laughs> 
Yeah, after choking her, which is going to leave telltale yeah. marks that you don't have to be a, even a forensic pathologist to understand. Yeah, you wouldn't think so. You've now killed two other women that you've discovered. And all I can imagine is, is, is him thinking, do I need a neon sign to tell you I'm the killer? Yeah. Um, you know, do I need to walk you over? Excuse me, officer, watch this. Let me choke the shit out of this woman and kill her. In front of you. In front of you. This is me. Yes. <laughs> it's just, dude. So sometimes I'm shocked at the law enforcement we deal with. After that, though, he then confessed to the murders. In fact, he confessed to all the murders. The bodies that they suspected of him, suspected him of, plus the rest of the ones that they didn't even know about. Cole claims that he murdered 14 women over the last nine years, maybe more. He, uh, but he said that he was drunk most of the time and that he was killing and maybe have forgotten some. Wow. So tell me if that's not just a, another huge fucking cry for help. He's in and out of mental hospitals. He's trying for help. Trying, 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 trying. Even admitting himself. That's what I meant. See, and what you didn't touch on that I read somewhere is that in one of those instances, they went to go release him and he asked them not to. He said, please don't send me out of here. I need help. Oh, holy shit. I read that, and I can't remember what hospital. I think that was with Dr. Weiss. It might have been him, or it might have been that last the one. The last one. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I think there was even one more hospital but in yeah, there. But yeah, I read that, and I was like, he is asking for your help, and you're turning him away. Yeah. What is wrong <laughs> with you people? Yeah, it's 60s and 70s, man. Dude. I am so glad that we have the mental health. But of, I can see that, that some now. people doing that to, to this day. Not as to that extreme, uh, but... Maybe. I don't know, man, because like when you're given an eval, and I'm trying to remember back to college, but when you're given an eval, um, you look for certain tells. You look for body language, uh, right. facial expressions. And right, the it's the of, micro expressions. The kind shit, of yeah. unofficial rule that I was given was if you, if you think that, that they're a danger, even if, they, even if everything else checks out as a no, Go with your gut. Err on the side of caution. Right. And that was kind of the unspoken rule when I, you know, when I was doing my internship. Right. Um, I, but I do know, I mean, for a fact, since they closed down our state mental hospital in Oregon, that a lot of the mental health patients now, they're actually just cycling in and out of jail a lot. Right. And that's, I think, honestly, that contributes to part of the homeless problem as well. Oh, I think so, too. Because you can't really hold a job. And, and. Don't get me wrong. I think that our homeless pro- problem is out of control. Oh, I do too. But I think that there is a, a at least a decent percentage of them that truly have mental problems. Oh, I do too. Really need to be addressed and need to be helped. Whether it's permanent, instant, uh, you know, institutionalizing them permanently, mm-hmm. or at least giving them access to good pharmacology. Right, because that's that's an issue that I mean that's one of my big soapbox issues is you're a lot of the mental health patient you know people who suffer from mental health you're cycling in and out of jail so while they're in jail they're getting the medication they need right then they're being released and they're not getting that medication they can't afford that medication so they quit taking that medication so next thing you know they're back in jail well and so they it's just can't a get cycle. on the state medical. But here's the here's the one issue with that. I would think that it would be hard 
to even remember to take your medication when, A, you're homeless. That's true, too. And just that that, that whole situation, because now you're really going to be focused on survival. This is true, too. You know, and plus the access to other drugs. This is true, too. You know, self-medicating isn't it's not just for 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 musicians anymore oh no not at all yeah you know no um, <laughs> i self-medicated a lot yeah you know uh, so uh, god we could have like several episodes just about oh yeah health it's problems. a huge soapbox issue with me but yeah so we'll go on with cole yeah <laughs> no it just floored me that he asked them for help he kept telling him don't release me because i'm i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna do something see the good and thing yet, now they still let him go the good thing now is when a patient does say that. Mm-hmm. Before I go on, yes, I have a degree in psychology. However, I am not a psychologist. No, you use it more to deal with people on a business level. On a business level, but honestly, to deal with myself. Oh, yeah. To be I quite to honest. I see you without it then. No, uh, to, to be honest, because no, yeah. I am, I'm no different than the people that we're, that we're doing reports on. I'll no. be honest. I am full of anger. I'm full of rage. I'm full of so much fucking hate that it oozes well, out of me. You and I both believe, and I will probably go to my grave believing this, that everybody on some level has repressed dark feelings. Oh, 100%. It's just how they choose to, to deal cope with, with that. Right. And through the, yeah. the through the program that I mentioned earlier. Right. Um, and I'm going to give a shout out to, uh, to Carl Landerholm, who was the therapist who helped me right. become who I am now. Um, but through that and through, um, you know, conscious choices, choices and, you know, and studying psychology, it's helped me not be featured on this show. Right. No, totally. I, I mean, I understand totally because, you know, like I said, we both believe that. I mean, I have dark thoughts. I don't act on them. <laughs> I have them more than I hear to admit. So anyway. Cole was convicted of murder on April 8th, 1981, and was sentenced to life in prison for the killings in Texas. He also agreed to face the other murders that he had committed, even though it could mean the death penalty. Oh, so he didn't even try to take that off the table? No. Oh, so I'm surprised he didn't get in Texas, honestly. And you're, you'll appreciate this. Think about this. This really reminded me of our favorite serial killer, Carl Pensram. Oh, yeah. Got him. I, I, I mentioned Carl so much because I just love this guy. We do. We do. Here's a guy who had reached out for help time and time again. Oh, yeah. And yet everyone just kind of blew him off as well as dropped the ball when it comes to keeping him away from the public. Oh, yeah. He straight out told them that he was sick. He told them about his want and need to strangle women. And did anybody truly help him? No. Yeah, his desire to kill, you know, reenact killing his mother by killing other women. Right, you know. I mean, what would the last hospital do? Just give him a fucking bus ticket to San Diego and say, adios, fucker. Yeah. Get out of here. We don't want you. If you're going to do it, do it there. In February of 1984, Cole was extradited back to Nevada to stand trial for for the murders there. In 1984, he was sentenced to death in Nevada. Wow. So after he got that sentence, he actually said, thanks, Judge. Wow. See why that reminds me of Pensram? Yeah, because actually. a polite version. Well, well, not just that. It's because when Pensram got sentenced to killing the children, you know, 
when he was just done and wanted the death penalty and they didn't give it to him, when the judge sentenced him and sentenced him to Leavenworth, he looked at the judge and said, I'll be seeing you. Well, this will make you think of Pendram a little bit more. Oh, shit. And then here comes the anti-death penalty folks, such as the ACLU. Oh, shit. Here we go. Who tried to get his sentence commuted. Of course they did. Cole protested what they were doing. He oh. wanted to die. Yeah, sounds like Pan's room. Mm-hmm. Those two are peas in a pod. <laughs> Wish you all had one neck. <laughs> On November 6, 1985, Cole was put to death at the Nevada State Prison by lethal inject- injection, making him the first person executed in Nevada by lethal injection. Wow. My personal notes. I think this was the only way that he could really help himself out. Yeah. He tried to reach out to the cops. He tried several times to get help from mental health hospitals, but there was no one really there to help him. This was his final act to try to get rid of the demons mm. that plagued him. The thing, the thing to keep in mind is that the cops would not have even caught him had he not confessed. This is true, too. Because so they seem to be mind. excusing every instance that he seemed to be tied to. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You know, she died of natural causes, even though it looks like she was strangled. Yeah. And trust me, in the 60s and 70s, they knew about the hiatal bone. They knew about petechia of the eye. Yeah. They knew the signs of being strangled. Why? Because we've been lynching people since the what? Like 1700s, 1800s? Yeah. So they knew about this stuff. But still... Hanging our criminals. Hanging our, you know... Yeah. Horse thieves, even, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So they knew about this stuff. I, I believe just, that he was crying for help ever since he was a child. Yeah. And it almost makes you wonder that if he would have gotten the help he needed when he was asking for it, if it would have even gone this far. I don't think it would have. I don't think so either. I think that if if Carol Cole would have began having his problems in today's society. Right. And he expressed how he feels and his, his fantasies about strangling women, hating his mother that much that he wants to really just kill her time and time and time again. Again, yes. A couple of things would have happened. Number one, Dr. Weiss would have lost his license. Oh, very much so. And quicker than he could blink because you just released somebody who you yourself deemed as you, dangerous. You yourself wrote in your notes that this was going to happen. And you released him back into the wilds mm-hmm. to do what he pleases. You gave him a ticket. That second, that last hospital that gave him the ticket down to San Diego would be shut down. In a heartbeat. Because that's liable right there. That is. You just took full responsibility yeah. for this patient and you kicked him out into the mm-hmm. fucking wilds and just sent him away. You're responsible for him. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're responsible for that patient and you didn't give him care. Um, I think, though, if it happened to him now, I, how I envision how it should happen, at least, is that the doctor would see him, he would check himself in, and he would start getting treatment. They yes. would try to figure out. They would try to figure out like which antidepressants does he need? Because I think he did need a lot of pharmacology. Yes. Um, and unfortunately, with antidepressants, it's kind of hit and miss. It is very trial and error. Yeah, that's why there's so many of them out there. Because yes. like, I uh, I take uh, Wellbutrin. Right. 
and it works great for me. I was say, because we could have the same exact diagnosis, and what works for you would not work for me. Right. Well, yeah. the guy who does my, my tattoos, um, his daughter's mom, and I don't know if they're back together or what, her and I were talking because she was down there while I was getting a, a piece of ink, and we're talking about, well, Beatrice says, I can't take it. I can't either. I get upset. I get pissed off. I oh, have, you too? Oh, yeah. I yeah. Will sn- somebody will sneeze, and I will go off. Yeah. You know, and I can't take Prozac. Yeah. And I'll explain why right fucking now. Well, I know why, but. So. I call my doctor and I say, hey, the Wellbutrin isn't working as effectively as it used to because now I'm having these little mini breakdowns. She says, no problem. I am going to write you a prescription. It was generic Prozac. And I can't remember what the generic Prozac is called. So we're just going to call it generic Prozac because I didn't know it was even Prozac at the time. So I'm taking it. And about a week later, I noticed that I can get an erection, but it doesn't really last. And it's not as erect as it should be. And God forbid I have an orgasm because it just wasn't happening. So now I'm thinking, oh, crap, it's happening. I've hit that age. I've hit that age. And this is happening to me. Uh, Which would kill you. It would. I have an unbelievable sex drive. You do. And I'm freaking the fuck out. And I didn't want to call my doctor because my doctor is a woman. And for me, it would kind of demasculate or emasculate myself. Yeah, I can see that. Which is a stupid thing because it's my doctor. Yeah, I can see that too. You know, I but should. But I can do. see your point. So I'm in the shower one day, moping. Looking, Were you crying a little bit? Maybe in your a little bit. Shower water. I'm looking down at my pecker. I'm all sudsy. And then I had a Blues Clues moment. I found a paw print. Put it in my notebook and went to my thinking chair. <laughs> and I went, hey, wait this a minute. This didn't start until this. It started about right about the time I started taking these new pills. I'm going to quit taking those sons of bitches. And about a week later, I didn't have a problem. Yeah. You know, Mr. Happy just wakes me up in the morning. Good morning, Scott. I'm going to go get you some coffee. He's all happy. I'm happy. <laughs> You know, I could, I could orgasm. It was fantastic. I hate fantastic. you because you know how I think, and this is all I can think about now. Think about wearing a cowboy hat. Oh dear God, no! Like a oh, like a bandolero. Like Mister Mister <laughs> No, no, like 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 a uh, uh, a Mexican hombre. Why are you putting these images in my head? He's got a he's got a big sombrero on. I'm gonna go poke my eyes guns. right now. He's all. Hola, senor. I am the call. I, I don't need no stinking badge. We don't need no stinking badges. <laughs> so, anywho, I'm talking to another doctor because my doctor wasn't available and I had to get uh, a prescription refilled and I was having some other problem. I can't remember what the hell it was. And I happened to, she, they're going down my med list. So, do mm-hmm. you still take this? Yeah, I still take that for asthma. Um, are you taking the Wabutrin? Yeah, are you taking the whatever the hell it's called, generic Prozac? I said, nope. So let me tell you why. And I told her about the hard-on problem. And like it was nothing, she goes, oh, yeah, no, that happens all the time. You know how we treat that? We just gave you Wellbutrin. Sweetheart, I'm already on Wellbutrin and it happened. What do you do now? You know? I said, I just quit taking it. I'm not, I refuse to. Yeah. You can't make me do it. I refuse to take it because I'd rather deal with my little mini breakdowns that happen every once right. in a while. You'd rather have a tear in your beer than... No pep in your step. Goddamn right. <laughs> in a heartbeat. Yeah. A little bit of cry cry and me wanting to, you know, like off myself, which I'll never, I'm not going to no. off myself. I just pull over and cry it out. Is a lot better than sitting there going, hey, 
you mind getting hard for me? And you're, <laughs> it, it was almost like my penis was like a, a union worker. Then like, he was on strike. No, it, it would work part of the time. Oh, look at that. Look at the time. No, we're union. We're out of here. Um, <laughs> Government worker. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're gone. No, we worked for like 15 minutes. We're, we're out of here. <laughs> we're out of here. Break. And I'm sitting there yelling at I want to see your contract, motherfucker. Yeah. I want to see your contract. I'm pretty sure you're lying to me. But yeah, I, I really believe that Cole needed some yeah. pharmacology. And it does all boil down to like chemical makeup too. So, right. Yeah. And he needed a lot of therapy because there, there's a lot of unresolved a shit issues. Ton. He's got the unresolved uh, issues of what he saw his mother doing. Exactly. The, the and how from to reconcile mom. that in his head. His dad being gone. Yes. Um, you know, uh, being dressed up like a girl, being bullied and made fun of. There's a lot of shit going on. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. So. It's I almost think, as if he said, you're not going to help me. So I'm going to do what you said I was going to do. Then maybe you will help me. Yeah. Exactly. I think it was a big cry for help. Yeah. Like we've seen I do before. Too. I do too. I think in today's society, though, he would have fared a lot better. Yeah. He would have been institutionalized. He was. Until it, which time he's not a threat. Right. And, and then he's on the right medications. He was born in the wrong era. Yeah. Um, you know, they would get him on a good regiment of, of medication mm-hmm. to kind of help him mellow himself out and kind of keep himself in check right. while giving him the, the uh, therapy that he needs. To, to reconcile what has happened to him. The damage right. that was actually done to him. Because let's call a spade a spade. There was some damage. This isn't just a, oh, hey, yeah, you totally. caught your mom having sex thing. This is your mom being a total twat. And, yeah. and fucking abusing you. Yeah. Treating you like shit. Taking you in situations that she knows is not appropriate for you. Threatening you if you even mention that situation. Right. And it's double jeopardy if you think about it. Because fucking... Number one, she could have not taken her, taken yeah, him with her. Exactly. And gone and d- done her thing and no worse for wear. But you're taking him with you. So he's witnessing this go down or at least hearing it go down. And then you're making these threats and, you know, twisting his arm and being abusive to him. Right. For something that you caused. Exactly. So. It's not like he did this. Right. So I think that in today's society, he would have fared, fared way better. Yeah. Way better. I, I'm not going to say that he wouldn't have been. Uh, a killer. No. But I think that the chances of him not being a killer are exponentially better. Yeah, he is a classic case of nurture. 100%. Classic case. Oh, yeah, this is very much nurture. Oh, very much so. That's and that's evident in the fact that he went out trying to get help. Yes. This isn't in his nature to do this. Exactly. Everything he did, and it's sad that women died. Very much so. But everything he did from drinking to where he met women to the murders mm-hmm. to stealing the pistols and the army, every last thing was a fucking cry for help. Everything. Everything. He was asking them to give him the help he could not do himself. Right. And there either wasn't the resources or flat out nobody. They refused. He refused and nobody gave a shit. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what? I'm kind of looking at him like we did Bobby Joe Long. Yeah, kind of. You know, because Bobby Joe Long had that, you know, the brain injuries and stuff that he nobody gave him help for. Yeah. There's a, yeah, we can go into that, too. Kind of. Except there's not a brain injury here. No, but still, it's that cry for help. It's a cry for help, but Bobby Joe Long was a little bit different because of the the brain injuries that he sustained, especially when he wrecked his motorcycle and had to convalesce in the hospital, 
changed his personality in total. This is true, too. Um, keep it in mind that his body's already emitting way more estrogen this than, is it, true. Shrew- this than, is true. than it should. So that is a chemical imbalance on top of a brain injury that changed him. That well, compounded everything. Right, because it, it said that he... Uh, if I remember right, went to like masturbating like five times a day. Oh yeah, and having though, sex twice a day. Yeah, and having sex with his wife. And that twice wasn't a day. enough, so he started raping women. Right. Yeah. So there's that's a whole different yeah, bucket this is of worms true too. right this there. This is true too. I'm just I was just equating it to the level of, you know, needing the help and nobody giving him the help. You yeah, know? there could be that. Yeah, just sad things. That's Not all I action so much. That's all I have for Mr. Cole. Damn. Pretty deep shit, huh? That was... Actually, this one actually shocked me more than I thought it would. I should have just trusted myself when I read that opening statement, by the way. Like, hey, there must be some reason why I wrote this shit. <laughs> Let's just yeah, keep no. reading. But meanwhile, no, I'm looking at it I mean, going, because it was, like I said, it was more in-depth than I anticipated from the little bit I read. So... It was. He's, he, he was a fascinating read. Yeah. Very, very fascinating. With He's somebody I would actually kind of like to dig more deeper into. I would, too. I just wish he was still alive to... Talk to him. To actually talk to him and, and do... Yeah. Just... Uh, He's one of the ones that I wish we could actually sit down and talk to. Like Panzerum, I would love to sit down and talk to him. I would give my left nut to talk to him. I would love to sit down and talk to Panzerum. Oh, fuck yeah. Be the just, you know, sit down and say, you know what, buddy? Let's just talk. All right, so that's all I have on Mr. Cole. You have anything that you want to add? Mm, I don't think so. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I just want to dig deeper now for some reason, even though I know we don't have the time. <laughs> no shit. Maybe after everything slows down, I'm not working seven days a week. Maybe, maybe. Would be nice. I was going to say, does it slow down for you in the wintertime? <laughs> that was a good joke, huh? That's, That's funny. a funny joke, Tammy. You know what happens in the wintertime when everybody else is slowing down for holidays? I get more music contracts. Oh, uh, Yeah. Yeah, because the new year's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And new albums have to drop. and Yeah, that's wonderful. I don't ever slow down. No, I was talking about your trucking gig. but The trucking gig, they keep me busy, busy too. It's almost like the world says, you know what goes great with work, Scott? And I go, what? More work. <laughs> Thanks. You know what I think you need, Scott? <laughs> I would say a vacation, but they think I need more work. Yeah. And people wonder why, you know, God, Scott, we don't understand why you're so outrageous and just crazy. Really? Really? Walk a mile in my shoes. Spend a week with me. Yeah, and you and I tend to resort to humor to cope with things. So That is my coping skill. I would rather laugh than cry. Yeah, that's true. All right, folks, this has been Brutal Nation. I've been your host, Scott Alexander, with Miss Tammy Underwood. Remember that you can send us an email at BrutalNation.cast at gmail.com. Please check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. Do us a little bit of a favor, though. Disable your uh, pop-up blocker, and if you got to shop and you're going to shop from Amazon anyway, click on the link from our page because it does help out the show a whole hell of a lot. You've got a weird look on your face. Because my eyes there? are getting really blurry. The oh, okay. My I was just, you look like a freaking no. space alien or some no, shit going on there. No, I was trying to keep my eyes from actually, like, pouring, dripping. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. This has been a Twisted Blue production. Copyright 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.